The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. We dive into stories of true crime from unsolved cold cases to historic kidnapping to gangsters and beyond. We are your source for true crime. We thank you for listening. Good evening, and welcome to the True Crown Never Sleeps podcast. I'm your host, Larry Lees, and on today's episode of Murder Monday, we dive into the Richardson family murders. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Good Ranchers. If you're anything like me, you know that good quality meat makes all the difference. That's why I love Good Ranchers. They deliver 100% American premium meat straight to your doorstep. Since I started using them, my barbecues have gone from great to phenomenal. If you're a foodie or just love a good steak, check out Good Ranchers. It's a game changer for meal times. And of course, if you want to continue this conversation about this case, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as leave your comments in the comment section below. And without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Sunday, April 23rd, 2006, began as peacefully as any other Sunday in the small city of Medicine Hat, Alberta, Canada, ranked as one of the best communities to live in. Medicine Hat had been described as a little safe haven, but on that one specific spring weekend 16 years ago, the serenity of the city was shattered when a horrifying and senseless crime shocked not just the people of Medicine Hat, but the entire country. That Sunday afternoon, a little boy, just six years old, decided to go and ask another young boy living in the neighborhood eight-year-old Tyler Richardson to come out to play with him. The six-year-old knocked and knocked on the Richardson family door. Strangely, nobody came to open it, even though Tyler and his parents, 42-year-old Mark Richardson, and his wife, 48-year-old Deborah, should have been home. Eventually, the six-year-old gave up, but before returning home, he peered through the basement window. Perhaps the Richardsons had not heard him, if they were down there. Indeed, the little boy saw two adults in the basement, but to his horror, they lay motionless on the floor, covered in blood. Terrified, the six-year-old ran to his mother to tell him what he had just seen. When the police arrived at the scene, they discovered the bodies of Mark and Deborah in the basement. Both had been stabbed multiple times. The defensive wounds showed that the Richardson Richardsons had desperately fought for their lives. But the killer had been able to overpower them and convert the Richardsons' basement into a slaughterhouse. 
Sadly, the tragedy did not end there. Upon further searching in the house, the officers discovered Tyler's body on his bed with a deep cut to his neck. As if all that was not enough, the investigator's stomach sank when they saw a family portrait on the wall. There were not just three Richardsons, but four. Tyler's 12-year-old sister, Jasmine, was missing. The police quickly issued an Amber Alert thinking Jasmine Richardson may have been kidnapped by the killer who had butchered her entire family, hoping to find any clues. The investigators then went to Jasmine's school and checked her locker. But what they found turned the whole investigation upside down. The police discovered a rather disturbing hand-drawn cartoon strip from Jasmine's locker. The 12-year-old had drawn two figures burning her family alive. Needless to say, Jasmine's status as a victim quickly changed to a potential suspect. But why would a 12-year-old want to kill her parents and younger brother? The detective soon got an opportunity to ask that question to Jasmine herself as she was tracked down using digital evidence and arrested the following day in Leader, Saskatchewan. She was not alone. Jasmine was brought in together with her boyfriend, 23-year-old Jeremy. These two did not even try to deny what had happened, but how had it it had happened. Jasmine and Jeremy both blamed each other. Jasmine saying Jeremy had slaughtered her family by himself without her having any part of it. While Jeremy's lawyer claimed the 12-year-old had manipulated his client to kill her family. Meanwhile, the police investigated the couple's history and eventually uncovered a twisted love story that resulted in a triple murder. Jasmine had met Jeremy at a local hall in 2005 when she was still a happy and carefree girl with a large circle of friends. Jeremy, however, was an unemployed high school dropout with mental health issues, living together with his alcoholic mother. The two were not exactly a perfect match. The age gap alone was worrying. Still, Jasmine and Jeremy started talking on social media sites like MySpace and Vampire Freaks and eventually began a relationship. On their profiles in MySpace, Jasmine described herself as an awkward, nocturnal Wiccan, whose hero was serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. And in turn, Jeremy said he was a 300-year-old reincarnated werewolf who loved to taste the blood and was interested in pain and razor blades. As you can guess, when Jasmine's parents were not exactly happy when they found out about a werewolf boyfriend, especially after seeing the following message Jeremy had sent to Jasmine. You are a sight for sore eyes, and I miss you more than killing people. Can we get together and kill people together? Understandably, Mark and Deborah were absolutely terrified and feared what could happen to their daughter if they let the relationship continue, so they tried to get Jasmine to see a counselor, took her computer, and ordered her never to speak with Jeremy again. Unfortunately, that was the beginning of the end. Jasmine continued to see Jeremy behind her parents' back, and now the couple began to develop a plan for how they could get rid of their problem once and for all. One day, Jasmine sent her boyfriend a message that said, I have a plan. It begins with me killing them and ends with me living with you. Following that plan, Jeremy broke into the Richardson home on April 23, 2006 and stabbed Jasmine's parents to death with two kitchen knives as they came to see where the sound was coming from. Shockingly, even though Jasmine tried to deny it, she apparently was the one who slit her younger brother's throat. Tyler was not in any way responsible for Jasmine's problems with her parents, and yet his own sister butchered her before running away with her boyfriend. The two even attended a party afterward, bragging about what they had just done. During her trial in 2007, 
Jasmine pleaded not guilty, claiming she had only talked about killing her family hypothetically. The jury did not believe her excuses and returned with a guilty verdict for three counts of first-degree murder on July 6, 2007. To her young age, Jasmine Richardson was sentenced to only 10 years in prison. Jeremy, however, was not smart enough to keep his mouth shut and to confess to the murders while in prison to an undercover cop, or undercover police officer, excuse me. He was sentenced to three life sentences on December 15th with the possibility of parole after 25 years. Jasmine Richardson underwent extensive rehab and was eventually released in 2016 after a Queens bench justice Scott Broker's word store, saying, quote, I think your parents and brother would be proud of you. Clearly, you cannot undo the past. You can only live each day with the knowledge you can control how you behave and what you do each day. Only time will tell if Jasmine Richardson really is rehabilitated and did not just trick the system. But what do you think? Let us know in the comments section below. And as always, give us your thoughts. Give us a thumbs up if you like our video. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell notification button to be notified of future videos. And as always, you can support the channel by buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash tcs. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. You have been listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast and on Twitter at True Crime NS. And follow us on Instagram at True Crime Never Sleeps. Thanks for watching. If you want to support the show, buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNN or become a patron at patreon.com slash True Crime Never Sleeps.